This morning's reading is taken from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 15, starting at verse 5. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, to confirm the promises made to the patriarchs, so that the Gentiles may glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles, I will sing hymns to your name, Again it says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and sing praises to him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, one who will arise to rule over the nations. The Gentiles will hope in him. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Dot, very much indeed. And I don't think there's any doubt as to what our theme is now and uh, what you would expect me to come towards as I speak this morning. And it is uh, undoubtedly on the theme of hope, but especially overflowing with hope. I can fill this glass with some water, and that would be quite nice to drink. And it's about two-thirds full at the moment. And then, of course, I can keep going. I can fill it to the very top. I can fill it to overflowing. And I can keep going until the glass is completely overflowing and the bowl around it is filling up as well. Overflowing. Overflowing with hope. Not just a little bit of hope. Not just filling up with hope, but overflowing with hope. What is this all about? As we step into 2018, I don't think we would generally say that our society is overflowing with hope. It feels like there's quite a lot of uncertainty in the world. There is tragically so much violence, poverty and illness. Just one or two examples. Recent protests in Iran, initially against rising prices and corruption, but growing into a wider anti-government protest now, and now controversy over the meeting of the United Nations Council. There's continuing concern over the United States in its decision to move its embassy from its Israeli embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. I'm sure you're aware of the ongoing tensions in that region. According to Tear Fund, 50% of the population in southern Sudan need food aid, a story that's perhaps coming off 
our headlines, but the needs in that part of Africa, absolutely immense. 2.5 million people in the Central African Republic predicted to need humanitarian assistance this year. And in addition, there are major humanitarian crises in Yemen, in Iraq. There are currently one million refugees from Myanmar housed in camps in Bangladesh, and Bangladesh itself, a country which is struggling to recover from the severe flooding of last year. So you look across the globe, and you do not see overflowing hope. You see crises, pressure points, hunger, violence, injustice. Closer to home, there are some big challenges as well. I think the first week of January is often a difficult time for the NHS, but this year, as we know, has been extreme and calls for a new joined-up plan for the way we approach health, care, health and social care in this country. Brexit negotiations continue to dominate the political landscape. No one could begin to predict how things will look by the end of the year. And then, of course, in the past year, there's been a surge in terrorism plots and attacks and arrests in, in the UK. 2017 was the most challenging year for the police and security services for decades. Though, of course, in terms of violence in the UK and loss of life, not as bad as some previous years, thinking particularly of the height of the troubles in Northern Ireland, when violence was even greater. But in terms of challenge to the police and security services, the highest that we've ever had. So whether we look across the world or whether we look into UK, we do not see a picture that is overflowing with hope. Church statistics are actually also not hugely encouraging. I looked at some recent figures from the Brearley Consultancy. Some of you may remember Peter Brearley, who was a statistician, who did a lot of work in church uh, numbers over the years and uh, continues to do so under the umbrella of the Brearley Consultancy. In his work indicates that church attendance has declined from in the region of 12% of the population back in 1980 to around 5% of the population in 2015. So just in 35 years, that attendance has more than halved. Now, much of that decline is in the Anglican and Catholic congregations. I think it's the Catholic congregations that have suffered the most decline. A much smaller percentage in Baptists and offset by significant growth in Pentecostal and New Church congregations. But the overall picture in the country is very different now to what it was 30 or 40 years ago. People are no longer going to church out of habit. But there is, thankfully and wonderfully, a growing number of people attending out of real commitment and conviction. And I can give you the details of a lot more statistics if you would like them. Now, our text for this year is from Romans 15 and verse 13. There are several verses that we could have chosen for this great theme of hope, but this is the one that seems to me 
to say so much about the hope that we have. And some of the other key verses I will come to at other points during the year. But at this point, and for our text cards for this year, we come to Romans 15 and verse 13. We'll put it up on the screen now. Uh, and that's a replica of what we have in the hard copy in front of you as I'm holding it up here. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 15 and verse 13. This is a verse that needs to be firmly in our minds. It needs to journey into the whole of our lives, the way that we are, the way that we think, and what God is saying to us, not only this morning, but in the weeks and months ahead, needs to really be deeply embedded in how we behave. And I've highlighted there on the screen that little phrase, overflow with hope. It's a fantastic message. There's so much that we could say about hope. And other people have said some very memorable things about hope. For example, that hope is seeing light in spite of being surrounded by darkness. I'm not sure where that quote comes from, but uh, it's very memorable, isn't it, and very appropriate. There's Martin Luther King who said that we must accept finite disappointment, but we must never lose infinite hope. Some of you know that in Kairos, from time to time, we produce a week ahead card. Looks like this, comes in different colours. And uh, this week's card, which is in Kairos at the moment, is on the screen there now. And, and I put one or two other quotes on this card. Uh, this is what I wrote in these early days of 2018. Are you looking towards the future with anxiety and fear or with expectation and hope? The Christian life is full of hope based not on our circumstances, but on the faithfulness of God. Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. That's Corrie ten Boom, who certainly knew what it was to journey through deep suffering. Hope means expectancy when things are otherwise hopeless. And the words of the psalm, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I will again praise him my salvation. And if you're in Kairos with friends, then uh, do take note of the cards, do offer them to them. There are always spares on the counter, so you can always take them and use them and encourage others to do the same. If they don't change every week, they certainly change at least every fortnight. And then Augustine, back in the early life of the church, had an interesting quote about hope. He said that hope has two beautiful daughters, anger and courage. Anger at the way things are and courage to see that they change. Not to stay as we are. Because if we're overflowing with hope, then things will change and life will be different. So how's that going to happen? How can we be overflowing with hope? That's the one single question that I ask us this morning and seek to answer from this text. Because this is not something for us to think about and just talk about. It is a call for us to live in a way that demonstrates that we're overflowing with hope. 
You can listen to what I might say, to what other people might say. You can read words and images on the screen on a Sunday morning. It won't make any difference at all until something happens inside you and inside me that causes us to live and think differently. We're not just thinking about hope. We're not just talking about hope. We are living in hope. That is a difference. And these words in Romans 15, verse 13, do give us an answer about how we can be overflowing with hope. But I think first we should remember that they come towards the end of a great letter in which the Apostle Paul has been setting out very clearly the whole gospel message and how our relationship with God is based on faith and how it affects the whole of our lives, especially that in that context of the first century, there was no difference between Jews and Gentiles. Everyone had the same need of being forgiven of sin, of coming to a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, and everyone had the same opportunity to discover those blessings of believing in Jesus. The whole message of Romans is part of the answer to our being overflowing with hope. But these words themselves give us a clear answer. How can we be overflowing with hope? The answer lies very clearly with God. And these words say, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. There are three little thoughts within this verse, which answer how we can be overflowing with hope. And the first is that we need to understand the character of God. We need to be understanding the character of God. Because these words say, the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. The God of hope, that's a title for God. It's a description of God. It's part of the character of God. So we do not have a God who occasionally sees a little bit of hope in the world. We have a God who essentially, his character is that he is a God of hope. Hope is embedded within the character of God. It's not added as an extra. It's part of who God is. If you believe in God, then you believe in hope because God is a God of hope. Now, clearly, there are other aspects to God's character. And we can think of so many other things. We can think of the majesty of God. We can think of the sovereignty of God. We can think of the love of God. We can think of the grace of God, the wisdom of God, the justice of God, the holiness of God. And all these characteristics are valid. They're all part and parcel of who God is. And some of those we might find easier to grasp than others. Some we might talk about more often than others. But let's not miss that embedded within who God is, within his character, it is true to say that he is a God of hope. So God himself will always see light in dark places. He will always see the prospects when things look bleak. He will always see the blessings which are still to be discovered when at the time, maybe, they are not known to us. God is always able to see the present time in the light of what's happened in the past and in the light of what will happen in the future. 
because he is also the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And because he can see all time and all place, he has a different perspective. And from God's perspective, it is within his character that he is a God of hope. So as soon as you say, I believe in God, there needs to be an overwhelming sense of hope penetrating every aspect of life. It's not in any way to minimize the struggles and hardships along the way. And the reality of the world at the present time, as it has been for every generation, is that there has been a huge mix of blessing and pain, of good times, of bad times. This is the life that we live, the world in which we live. But undergirding all of that, there is a confidence in one who sees above and beyond what is happening here and now. And if we're to be a people of hope, we must understand that it's in the character of God that he is a God of hope. So understanding the character of God is part and parcel of overflowing with hope. That's the starting point. But then believing in Jesus is also part of the picture. Because the character of God finds its expression in Jesus Christ. And these words say, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. Jesus is not specifically mentioned, but implied, I think, at that point. Because the whole of the book of Romans is very clear that our trust and our hope is through believing in Jesus Christ. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. The character of God becomes real when we believe in Jesus. Our believing in Jesus is part and parcel of this. He is the one on whom our faith depends from beginning to end. It is his sacrifice on the cross that makes our salvation possible. Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And only in the verse just before this one, in Romans 15 and verse 12, the root of Jesse will spring up, the one who will arise to rule over the nations. In him, the Gentiles will hope. Who is that root of Jesse? It is, of course, an Old Testament description of Jesus himself. Jesus will spring up, the one to arise to rule over the nations. In him, the Gentiles, and indeed the whole world, will hope. And Jesus in his life exuded hope. His birth was full of hope and expectation. His public ministry brought hope to the outcast and the oppressed. His death brought hope to the world. His resurrection was a powerful demonstration of the hope that not even death could destroy. Jesus is the focal point of our hope today. Now many of you know this, but somehow the impact of it can still be missed. And that is what we need to rediscover this morning. It's not just that I believe in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. I do that, of course. But I believe in Jesus as the one who will transform my life to be filled with hope because of all his wonderful promises. Believing in Jesus is part and parcel of overflowing with hope. So back to our text verse. How can we be overflowing with hope? 
We can be overflowing with hope when we're understanding the character of God, when we're believing in Jesus. And third, when we're experiencing the Holy Spirit. Look again at the words of the text. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope. And this time I put in the italics by the power of the Holy Spirit. When I poured water into the glass, the overflowing came about when there was more water than the glass could contain. There is more of God that can ever be con- than can ever be contained in any one human life. And when the Spirit comes, he overflows. All the characters of characteristics of God will overflow through the Holy Spirit. Wisdom overflows. Love overflows. Joy overflows. Justice overflows. And especially from these words today, hope overflows. You see, I cannot fill your life with hope. And actually, as I look around this morning, my heart cries out to God for some of the situations that some of you are facing, which are so very difficult and painful. And some of those situations which may seem so lacking in hope. At times we feel helpless as human beings. But God's power is unlimited and unstoppable. It is the Holy Spirit that fills us up with hope that overflows. It is a miracle of grace when God begins to work in our minds and hearts. It's as if a spiritual flood begins to rise in our inner being. And then it begins to overflow. There's a song that we're going to be singing shortly. It's a new song. And it has some very beautiful words. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none besides you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart. There it is. Fill me up with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. That is a godly, Christ-centered hope rising up and overflowing in love. One of the big news stories of two or three years ago was, of course, the migration from North Africa to Europe. Interesting how that has dropped dramatically in the past year. But still over 170,000 people made the perilous crossing in hope of a better life. And indeed, I saw this morning on the news yet another incident of where there were large numbers of migrants on a tiny little vessel heading across to Europe, and tragically, uh, some of them lost their lives, others were rescued. The statistics are suggesting that over 3,000 lost their lives last year, attempting the crossing. There may have been many more. 
And gradually the stories are emerging of those who have been clinging on to hope in desperate circumstances, longing for a different life. But the promise of the gospel is not that we are clinging on to hope, but that we are overflowing with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's a huge difference. And maybe that's the journey that some of us need to make this morning. Some of us maybe need to make the journey where we discover hope for the first time and discover Jesus for the first time. But some of us maybe need to make that journey where perhaps we've just been clinging on to hope. Just crying out to God and saying, yes, I do still believe you're there, though I can't see it. And maybe God needs to move us from that place to a place where we're overflowing with hope. We're actually where his Holy Spirit just fills and floods and overflows. So that whatever the circumstances, we can nevertheless be and live as a people of hope. So as we come to respond to that, I'm going to ask Mike and the band to come back on the stage and to introduce to us uh, this beautiful song, Build My Life. And uh, as they begin to introduce that to us, we're going to give an opportunity for you to come and collect your text cards. And I'd like this to be something a little bit more than just physically coming and picking up a card, that we do this as part of our worship. I mean, after all, we could just pass the cards around. Uh, We could leave them for you to collect at the end of the service. But instead of doing those things, to invite you to come and to take a card. And as you come and take a card, just the coming, the collecting of a card and returning to your places, let that be a prayerful moment. Let it be part of your worship this morning. Let it be part of your responding to what you've been listening to and what God has been saying about living a life of hope. And maybe your prayer, maybe all of our prayer, that as we move on from here, we may not be those who are just clinging on to hope, but those who are overflowing with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll pray for us first, and then uh, we'll uh, ask the band to lead us into this song.